Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Lady in Black. I'm Danielle. And I'm McKenna. And today we are going to be leaving the United States and we are actually headed to Japan. So today we're going to chat about the Aokigahara Forest, also known as the Sea of Trees. Um, So the forest is located on the northwestern side of Mount Fuji. And it got its name because if you're like on Mount Fuji, it just looks like an ocean of trees. Like it just looks like an ocean. Um, It's about 7,400 acres. Um, It is filled with huge pine trees. And the floor is actually just like mostly lava rocks from Mount Fuji's last eruption, which was in 864. Um, So these rocks are like completely moss covered. It is a beautiful, beautiful forest. And there's actually ice caves inside of it as well. There's a lot going on. Yeah. I want to go. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> um, so most people do know of Akigahara. However, they don't know it by that name. And they don't know it by the Sea of Trees. They know it as the Suicide Forest. So before we continue, I'm just going to pop in like a quick trigger warning. If you... Um, suffer from any suicidal thoughts or tendencies or if suicide is a very touchy subject for you, please skip this episode. A huge portion of this episode is going to be about suicide. So just tune out of this one. Um, So this forest is most known for the suicides um, that officially date back to like the 1950s. Um, But its history with the paranormal dates back a lot farther. Um, Locals know it as being home to the Yuri. And so the Yuri are essentially Japan's version of ghosts. And um, the name Yuri can be broken down specifically into Yu meaning faint or dim and Rei meaning soul or spirit. So they are believed to be the souls of people who were not allowed into the afterlife. Not allowed. Not allowed. Wow. That's crazy. Just thinking of, like, not being allowed into the afterlife. So, there's a reason behind that. Okay. reason behind why they would be, like, banned, essentially. Um, So, according to Japanese beliefs, every person has a soul. And when a person dies, the soul will leave the body and they will go to purgatory, where it remains until the proper funeral and post-funeral rites are performed And then once these rites are performed, the soul can move on and join its ancestors in the afterlife. So it is also believed that if somebody is murdered, commits suicide, or if the funeral rites are not performed, or if at the time of the death um, they were feeling any emotion, it can be hatred, sorrow, revenge, it can even be love, like if they're feeling an emotion, um, that the soul will be transformed into a Yuri and thus is able to remain in the physical world. So it's interesting because in Japanese lore, like Yuri can be feeling even the tiniest emotion during their death that can trap them there. So if somebody is dying and they have like this tiny thought about like their girlfriend and how much they love them, they could get stuck there. I feel like a lot of Yuri though, like... Mm-hmm. I don't, 
I feel like if I was in that position and I was dying, like, I would absolutely have emotions about family and, like, you know, just, like, all of these emotions of, like, my life up to that point. Yeah. Well, and especially if you're getting, if you're dying, like, kind of unjustly, that's just really setting it up. Right. Um, so once they have been transformed into a Yuri, they cannot move on until they complete whatever unfinished business they have. So they're just stuck until some somehow it gets resolved. Um, so there are ways to get rid of a Yuri, though. Um, they can be laid to rest and move on to the afterlife if the missing funeral rites are performed or if the emotional conflict can be resolved. If this doesn't happen, though, they will just keep on haunting. So um, there is also a theory that people who had a lower social rank um, or died violently or somebody who was treated poorly during their lifetime will come back as an extremely powerful Yuri. I feel like that could be very dangerous. Especially if you think about, like, if somebody's murdered. If somebody... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about all of the, like horrific things that could happen as far as a death that could be very dangerous because they have a lot of revenge that they're coming back with exactly like they're coming back for a reason not just because the love of their life is still here or something yeah i mean that could be really dangerous in some situations so um the yuri pretty much look the same in modern depictions um they are typically dressed in white similar to the white burial kimonos that are used um, so white in Japanese culture is reserved primarily for, like, priests and the dead. So, like, whereas the U.S. white is for, like, weddings and purity. Don't sound so excited about purity. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Japan, it's, like, almost, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a funeral color more than anything. Um, so they also always have long, messy black hair. And their hands are said to essentially dangle after the wrist. Um, and the, like, the wrists are, like, outstretched, kind of, with their elbows locked to their sides, and they typically don't have legs or feet, so they just float around. Does, does that sound like anything? I mean, it sounds like a few things. It definitely sounds like the, the girl from The Ring, because you made me watch that last night, and that's, like, stuck in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was your first time seeing The Ring. Um, no, a lot of people would think of, like, The Grudge. Okay. Have I made you watch those yet? Yes. I did, I did, I did. You I did. did. I did. <laughs> you did. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, so while all Japanese ghosts are called Yuri, within that category, there are several specific types of Yuri. And I apologize if I butcher, butcher these names because I don't speak Japanese, but I'm going to try my best. Um, so these classification, like, they're, like, classified based on, like, how they died or, like, what their reason is for being stuck in, on, like, the physical plane. So there's the, um, onryo, which are vengeful ghosts that come back from purgatory for a wrong done to them during their lifetime. So an interesting facet of, like, Yuri versus Western ghosts, like, our ghosts, is that they believe that these ones can hurt people. Okay. Um, so there's the Ubume, which are a mother ghost who died either in childbirth 
or died leaving young children behind and they will like come back just to care for their children and they often bring their kids like sweets. Okay. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like if, if I was a young kid and lost my mom, I don't know how I'd feel about her bringing me sweets in the afterlife. What if your mom just like, or like a little sucker just like floated towards your bed in the middle of the night? Terrified. You wouldn't eat it? No, absolutely not. I'm not putting- My little childhood ass would be like, fuck yeah, candy. <laughs> my mom raised me better. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I don't take, you don't take candy from strangers. Not as an adult. Probably, not as a child. As a child, I befriended a strange man in the grocery store to get myself a squishy cow keychain. I would have taken candy from a stranger. I would not have. <laughs> I was the responsible child. I was not. Um, so there's also the Gorio, which are vengeful ghosts again. Um, but they're specifically vengeful ghosts of the aristocratic class. And they're especially ones who were martyred. Um, then there's the Fauna Yure, which are ghosts, um, who died at sea. And these ghosts are sometimes depicted as scaly fish-like humanoids, AKA mermaids. I don't know that I would go full on mermaids. Mermaids. You just want something to confirm the fact that mermaids exist. Absolutely. And if I have to die in the ocean to become a mermaid, um, I'm just going to let you know when I'm like 80, I'll be like, let's go on a cruise. No, I will be highly suspicious, especially now that we have it on recording, that that's what you're going to do. I want to be a mermaid. I know you do, but I I cannot emotionally handle the trauma of losing you on a ship and have to come back. You don't want to be a mermaid? I don't know how I feel about mermaids, to be honest with you. <sighs> Boo. Um, so there's also the Zashiki Warashi, and these are the ghosts of children, and they are not usually, like, dangerous. They're not vengeful. They're just a little mischievous. They're just here to, like, slam some cabinet doors and cause a ruckus and then peace out. <laughs> um, and then there are what are called, like, the floating spirits, which are the fuyure. And these spirits do not actually have, like a purpose that they're trying to fulfill. They're just wandering around aimlessly. Um, and in ancient times, um, and one of the emperors of Japan got really sick and the people blamed the uh, Fuyure for causing his illness. They blamed them for causing his illness? Yeah. I'm just trying to like put that together and it doesn't quite make sense. I mean, it was a really long time ago. Yeah. And I guess if it's part of your culture, you know, mm -hmm. that it's what you always kind of believe. Yeah. So there's um, also the Jabakure, which are similar to the Fuyure because they are also not seeking to fulfill an exact purpose. Um, they are considered rare in Japanese culture, but they are bound to a specific place or situation. Which is interesting to me that they these are so rare in Japanese culture because I feel like that's probably the most common ghost type that we would consider that we have in the U.S. Yeah, that's what you see a lot of is a, like a spirit that is bound to one place or one time or event that happened. Yeah, they're just haunting like a location rather than 
I, it just kind of seems like the rest of the URA can kind of like come and go a little bit more. Yeah, but they have to, if you think about the URA, like they have to be able to fulfill whatever piece of their life is well, missing. Yeah. yeah, which we, I mean, it's weird though, because like we do have that here of like, oh, the ghosts are trapped here because they have unfinished business, but they can't go finish it. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're also the only supernatural beings in Japanese culture that have a specified like active time, like a haunting time. And it is between 2 and 2.30 in the morning, which is when the Japanese believe that the veil between the living and the dead is thinnest. So in the U.S., we believe that, like, our haunting time is, like, 3 a.m. Um, and a lot of people believe that it is also, like, 3 p.m. It's 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. And that's when the veil is the thinnest. So that's when, like, you're going to have more activity. Um, so... We're going to kind of come back to the forest now. Um, so it being linked to the Yuri for generations is not surprising when you look at its history. So obviously we know that horrific deaths can lead to the Yuri. Um, and in the 19th century, rumor actually states that senicide was practiced. What's senicide? So senicide is essentially when... Um, like a family member or like a community or something will take someone who is elderly or sick to a remote area and leave them to die because they can't afford to like care for them or they don't have like the time or like the capability to care for them. That's super sad. Mm -hmm. Um, so they believe that this has been practiced in the forest. Um, it is also reportedly a place where monks have gone to commit suicide. And I'm going to note before we kind of get into the rest of this that, like, Japan has an extremely high suicide rate. However, in certain aspects of their culture, it is considered an honorable way to die. It is not always considered a bad thing. Whereas, like, here it's never really considered honorable. Yeah. Um, but there are specific ways in Japanese culture where it is, like, okay, I guess. Um, not necessarily okay, but, like, honorable. Yeah, it's not looked down upon as much. Mm -hmm. So there was a 1961 novel. Um, it's translated to Tower of Waves. And it was, like, the first thing that drew attention to the suicides in the forest. Um, but the suicides have been happening for, like, a very, very long time. Like I said earlier, they date back, like, reports date back to, like, the 50s. Um, and the reports kind of just tell of visitors finding decomposing bodies in the woods that have, like, clearly died of suicide. Um, and because of this novel, people then started to kind of travel to the forest to commit suicide. Um, and the local police and, like, the Japanese government used to post the suicide count inside of the forest. However, they did stop um, to try to stop people from coming there to commit suicide. Um, because in 2008, there were actually 108 bodies found inside the forest. Now I'm going to note this forest is massive. That's just the found count. That is not yeah. an actual total. That is a found count for that year. Yeah, there's no way that you know how many people are actually committing suicide there because not all of them are found. No, it's like 7,000 plus acres. It's massive. Um, so essentially it's kind of been like loosely reported that there are around 100 suicides every year. 
um, in the forest. And so like this kind of means like literally thousands of people have committed suicide inside of the forest. Um, the only location that is like has more documented suicides is the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. Because a lot of people have jumped off of that. Yeah, that's a big one that people... Which, like, I know now it's, like, a lot more difficult. Like, they don't think they let people walk on the bridge anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, they had to do something. like, stuff up. But, um... So to kind of, like, combat the suicides in the forest, they actually have a suicide prevention squad that will patrol the forest... And these people will just walk around and they'll kind of be like looking for people. And if they find somebody that's like camping, because it's typically believed that people that are camping are still contemplating. They have not like decided yet because people don't go there to camp. This is not a place like you can camp there, but it is not encouraged. Um, But so they will like find them and they will walk up to them and they will start talking to them And then they'll either, like, call the police or they'll call a member of that person's family and they'll, like, convince them to come back out and they'll lead them back out to the entrance. Um, And there's also signs near the entrance saying things like, think about your family, please reconsider. And there's um, uh, the number for the, like, suicide prevention hotline on the sign as well. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're getting that many suicides in a year, Mm -hmm. if you're getting 100 suicides every single year, like obviously you have to try and do something, but what is even going to work? Yeah. And like, so with Japan, um, with, so they have like a very, they have a very, very high suicide rate. And like the stuff that I was kind of reading about, um, it is very, very common for people in Japan to not seek help. Like it is not exactly like a normal good thing for people to seek help help for mental health so like this is kind of like these people are there as like a last ditch effort to try to get them to to not do it to To talk to somebody yeah um so hanging is the most common um like cause of death with drug overdose being second um and now we're gonna chat about this situation even though i don't really want to (laughs) Um, so most people actually know about the forest because of a YouTuber. I think he's now a fucking boxer named Logan Paul. Oh God. So in 2017, I believe he was like the very end of 2017. He got in a lot of shit because this toxic ass man thought that it would be super cool to film a body that had clearly died by hanging and post it on YouTube in his YouTube video. That, not only, there's just so many things wrong with that. First of all, you're showing it on the internet for who knows how many people. It's disrespectful as fuck. And it's millions. He had millions of followers. Yeah, and it's so disrespectful for those people. Like, yeah, they might not technically be alive in that body anymore, but it is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. Um, and like, it is not uncommon for people to find dead bodies inside the forest at all. However, if anybody goes there and finds a body for the love of God, don't, don't, don't put it on the internet. Yes. Like just go tell somebody that you found a body. Um, and like he, he had to make like an apology video about it. Um, and his friends were all just, I don't know. Like I can't, I saw the video back in like 2017 when it first got posted because I saw like all the articles about it. 
And he like really like slowly took it down. Like he didn't want to take it down. Um, and they were just like, the way they were acting was incredibly disrespectful. It's not like they were like filming and like passed over a dead body on the camera and then were like, oh shit, like somebody call and like let let them know that there's like a body here. No, they were going and like searching for that. They were just fucking around. That was like the whole point of that video was to find that and post it on the goddamn internet. Yeah. So while we have already chatted about like Yuri, their description, the forest kind of like, let's talk about people's experiences inside of the forest now. It's time to kind of dive into that aspect. Um, so the trees grow so close together that in the middle of the day, it is basically dark inside of there. Like you'll get some of the light through the trees, but like not a lot of it. Um, and a lot of people that pretty much everybody that goes there says that it is essentially silent. Um, the lava rocks, because they're like, there's holes all over them. They essentially soak up all of the noise. And then those lava rocks are also covered in moss, which is also going to absorb the like noise. Um, so because of this and because of the fact that like GPS and compasses don't work inside of the forest, people will actually use tape or string to like mark their path so they can find their way out. So GPSs and compasses don't work inside of the forest, like I said, and like it could be paranormal. However, the area does have extremely high iron deposits. So the more likely possibility with that is that it's fucking with the magnets of the GPSs and compasses and it's throwing them off so you don't know where you can't find your way. Yeah, and it's just completely skewing everything that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, so um, there have also been issues with the tape and string that people use, though. Really? Yes. So if people, like I said, like this is like a hiking area, so there's trails, but a lot of people want to get off the trails and if they would like to get off the trails, they tend to use like this tape or this string to like mark their way. However, when they start to come back out, they'll find that their tape and string has been cut. It's been cut? It's been cut. So few theories on this one. Um, it could just be that they had bad string or tape and they pulled it too tightly because you'll have to like wrap it around trees to like get it to kind of like make a line. So they could have like pulled it too tight and it just like snapped and broke. It could be like wildlife or another hiker that accidentally like damaged it. But like the reports of people that have had their ropes and like stuff cut have said that it looks like a straight up like cut. Scissors? Like from like scissors or something. Like it doesn't look like it just like pulled apart. Like it looks like it was cut. Um, And a lot of people believe it is the Yuri because people who come in to commit suicide will actually also use taper string to lead searchers um, to their bodies. So people have also reported hearing screams while they're hiking, but these are not like um, screams of somebody who got like spooked by their friends or something like that. They're like blood curdling, like unnatural sounding screams. Um, one man, he's a Japanese reporter and his name is Rob Gilhuli. And he reported that he tried to find the source. Like, he kept hearing the screaming, kept hearing the screaming. So he was like, okay, it could be a person that's, like, hurt, like, super hurt. Like, I should probably go check it out, see, you know, what's happening. And he followed the screams and 
they led, like the screams led him straight to the body of a man who had been dead for a while. So it clearly was not him as a living, breathing human being screaming. They think that it could have been like his spirit because a lot of people believe that the Yuri are either trying to lure someone out so that they get lost or that they could be trying to draw people to their bodies so they can get a proper burial. So I actually have a scream that somebody has heard if you would like to hear it, which I'm going to make you do anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay. How does that make you feel? That's terrifying. It's, it's interesting. Like you can hear his footsteps, but then there's that like kind of female sounding like laugh thing. Yeah. And, and then, then there's that like weird, like, I don't know. It sounded like somebody was screaming and somebody like slapped a hand over their throat, like their mouth, like and shut the fuck up or something. Yeah. That's, that's creepy. Um, so people have actually also seen apparitions inside of the forest. Um, they will see white figures with dark hair through the trees, which is very similar to like the modern depictions of Yuri. Um, and most people will agree that like the land surrounding Mount Fuji, which would include Okigahara, um, is very, very spiritual. However, spiritual does not mean like light, happy good spiritual it can mean not good either and um buddhist monks have actually set up altars in the forest um and these altars are to try to combat what they believe are evil spirits in the forest um they believe that these evil spirits are drawing people into the forest just to have them commit suicide and there was a monk um his name is akiyomyo uh, fukui and he was building an altar and he told a reporter from the New England or the New Zealand Herald, um, the spirits are calling people here to kill themselves. The spirits are the people who have committed suicide before. Um, so that kind of leads to something interesting. Um, a lot of people believe that the spirits of Okihara decide who dies. Um, there is a man and he is a shop owner who resides like right next to the forest and he actually found a woman who had hung herself and the rope was fully tight around her neck and her eyes were literally bulging out of her head but she was fully alive she was fully alive mm -hmm. that is insane to have like essentially gotten to the point where you're hanging yourself you're going through with it and then you and your, survive. Your eyes are bulging out of your head and your windpipe is completely cut off, but you are still alive. But you're still alive. Yeah. Um, so a couple that was like roaming around inside the forest, they were tourists. Um, they suddenly kind of encountered like a, like they both kind of had like a strange, like claustrophobic feeling. And when they turned around to like try to get out of the forest, um, they couldn't see their tape right away, and they said that it seemed like the trees had come alive and were trying to envelop them. And finally, they found, um, like, found the, their tape, and they were able to get out. Um, but it is interesting that they essentially just, like, their tape, it, like, seems, they, they felt like, essentially, they'd been picked up from where they were located, dropped somewhere else, and had to, like, find their way back to their tape. Which is crazy because I'm sure in that 
type of setting in that type of forest, it is so disorienting. You go in there and even if you have, you know, a, a way that you think is foolproof to get back out, if you lose that or you get confused or something stresses you out in the moment, you're fucked. You have no idea where you're at. You don't know up from down. It, mm-hmm. And it's just so disorienting. Yes. Um, and then an American couple actually had an encounter with a Buddhist monk. Um, so remember that I said that Buddhist monks would sometimes commit suicide in the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so this monk showed them the direction to get out of the forest. He was like, just, you know, go this way, go this way. You'll get out. So they returned to the locals and they were telling them what happened And they learned that there was a rumor about a Buddhist monk who lives inside the forest and stops people from committing suicide. However, nobody has ever seen this monk outside of the forest. And so most of the locals believe that the monk is essentially a saintly spirit of one of the monks that committed suicide in the forest that stops people from taking their lives. So essentially he went in there to commit suicide to make sure that there was somebody there to try and persuade people to not do this. To try to help. To try to help them find their way out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and there have also been curses found inside of the forest. <laughs> of course there have. <laughs> oh, so there's one. Um, it's kind of like a Jack Skellington doll. But it's not actually like Jack Skellington. It's like a, it's just like a skeleton doll thing that's kind of like got black on it and stuff. And it has been nailed upside down to a tree, essentially as an inverted crucifix. Oh boy. But it gets worse. Of course it does. It always gets worse. It always gets worse. Um, It gets worse because the face of the doll was like ripped off. Do they know if it was, like, ripped off before it was put there or ripped off after it was put there? I believe that it was ripped off before it was put there because I believe that, like, the interior of the face, like, the inside of the doll had the same level of, like, deterioration as the exterior, which it wouldn't have if there would have been the face covering. For a while, yeah. Um, And so, like, it being nailed to a tree from, like, a, like witchcraft curse perspective you are nailing the curse to the tree which then would spread to the roots which would spread to the soil which then would spread to the other trees so it would essentially just like work its way through the entire forest yeah at that point it's in everything Mm -hmm. um and then a guide who works within the forest has also told um told people numerous times that like a lot of people who've committed suicide or even attempted to commit suicide have cursed the land right before their attempts or their deaths. So another fact is that when the bodies are recovered by the suicide prevention patrol patrol squad, they are kept inside of a forest station until they can either be like identified, removed, something. Um, and someone actually sleeps with the bodies. No. Yes. No. Yes. Because in Japanese, like, lore, um, basically, the spirits of the bodies who are left alone will scream the entire night. So now you think about, okay, if you leave a dead body by itself, it screams all, like, the spirit screams all night. 
This entire forest is filled with bodies that are left alone at night. People hear fucked up screaming. True. Um, and like I said earlier, like you can camp in the forest, but it is highly, highly discouraged. And the locals don't go into the forest at night. I, yeah, I don't blame them. Um, and the guards that have to sleep with the bodies will actually play rock, paper, scissors to decide who has to do it because they don't want to. I wouldn't want to. Don't say you would want to. I wouldn't want to, but I would do it. Why? Who it's, says that? It's just a dead body. It's a dead body. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> You're not cuddling with it. You're, like, on your own bed in the room with a bunch of them. They're all covered up. They're dead bodies. <laughs> but They're dead bodies. They are... They are dead bodies. I just... It doesn't... I probably should have been, like, a mortician or something. <laughs> really should have because that just doesn't i'm like that's just dead what's it gonna do it is a whole dead body although i have a crippling fear of zombies so maybe i wouldn't actually be able to do it so why why are you just like oh it's just a dead body well as long as it's not getting up and walking around you don't know that (laughs) just going to assume that it will not be getting up and moving around and in that case i can handle it it would not be the first ghost that i've encountered either guess what happens when you assume it happens. <laughs> it happens. Oh my god. Well, if I have to sleep with a dead body ever and you are upstairs and they reanimate, I'm running straight to your ass. I am not going to be upstairs. I am going to be approximately 500 miles away. <laughs> Noted. Don't go to you for assistance with zombies. Don't come to me with assistance with dead bodies. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, so... I gotta ask, what do you think? Do you think that Okigahara is just filled with yuri that are luring people out, trying to get them to commit suicide? Do you think that it is just people knowing the history with the high iron levels fucking with, like, their equipment, um, combined with, like, the silence and the thick trees that are just simply, like, disorienting people and making them believe that there's something else out there? Like, what do you think? I, I'm going to start this by saying I know it's probably not going to be an answer that all, you and a lot of other people want to hear. Okay. But it's my answer. So you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think it's a combination of all of it. Okay. To be honest with you, because if you're thinking about it, all of the spiritual aspects, all of the natural aspects, all of like the physical, you know, like the trees and the iron levels and then the spiritual and the natural and everything else that's going on there everything is there for something to be happening that we will never understand. Yeah. No, I honestly, I think I would agree with you. I definitely would think just based on like everybody within the forest that is, has died, has died by suicide or senicide, AKA senicide's basically fucking murder. That is the recipe for ghosts. And if they are vengeful, they very well could be like, fuck you, come die with me. Like, who knows? Yeah, and um, then you mix that with all And then, of- yeah, you, like, you combine it with the fact that it takes approximately two minutes for you to get, like, completely disoriented and lost because of the trees, because of the environment. Like, 
I absolutely think that it could be a situation where there is something there. There is something there that is not good. However, there is also your own psyche working against you. Yeah, a natural phenomena too. And like, to be honest, if I was hiking alone in the woods and I got completely and utterly lost, I would probably like lose my mind too. So like a lot of these people could have just actually like accidentally gotten fucking lost. Who knows? Yeah, I just think it with everything that is going on there in the grand scheme of things, I just think the whole thing is a recipe for things that we don't really understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, so you guys will have to let us know what you think. Um, you can message us on our Instagram, which is Lady in Black Podcast. You can send us an email to ladyinblackpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go on our website, ladyinblackpodcast.com. I will post some photos from the forest on Instagram. So make sure that you go check those out and follow us on there for like updates and stuff. Um, And then next week, we actually have something, something, I can't talk, something super special. Um, We are going to be bringing it back to Montana um, for another famous ghost town haunting. Um, So make sure to tune in. This has been Lady in Black.